Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. So I am so excited for today. 
Um, first of all, let me welcome, um, this is, um, first of all, for anybody who doesn't know me, this is Amelia Antonetti. I run the Genius Hour here every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, really trying to lean in because um, I master the behavior space. But more importantly, I've got an incredible network of just brilliant minds. And I like to bring them here every Friday to kind of expose my network to this beautiful, incredible Breakfast with Champions network. Um, this morning, good morning, Mr. Randy and Mr. Mr. Sean, welcome. Happy Friday. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here. Good morning, Glenn, all the crew. Good morning, Good morning. morning. Hello. Hello. I'm here. So excited about today, and I will tell you why, and I will try to say this without it being so ego-driven. Um, so forgive me for my ego that's going to show up here for just a second. Um, I'll put it back away in a moment. I have done so many business models. I mean, I've been in franchising, I've been in uh, MLMs, I've been in re retail, I have been, you name it. I, I think I have built every business model um, uh, underneath the sun, except for one that has fascinated me forever. I watch it, I've studied it, I am such a fan. And today we have the king, the master. I've been watching. He has got, man, a, a, a secret sauce that I am so excited to banter on. Not, a, just a, not only just his history and his story, which you will find fascinating, his area of expertise is brilliant. I will just say genius. So I was so excited. So Randy, thank you so much for helping me kind of get everything together for today's guest. And I am like a little kid in a candy store because I am so excited. So first of all, let me be respectful and let's see if I can properly introduce him. Uh, Shaheen, is that the right way to pronounce your first name? Yeah, totally. And you were born in Iran. Is that true? Yeah, I'm from Iran. Uh, which makes it now even more fascinating. Now, uh, Iranian or Persian, Is there what's the proper term? You can go either way. Okay, got it. So, well, one of my one of my really close genius trainers it, uh, likes to be referred to as Persian, and I learned this along our beautiful friendship that they're, uh, you know, identifying one way or another. Um, you know, I always like to do that. I, I was born in Italy, um, and so when people want to refer to me as a Sicilian, I remind them that I was born in Rome, nowhere near Sicily. Um, and so I love to be able to lean in and really kind of harness somebody. You, uh, so not only, first of all, award-winning entrepreneur, um, you've been on this journey for so, so long, really creating some of the biggest brands um, that I have watched grow, but you are an expert in the Amazon uh, selling space. That is a space that I am crazy about, have never gotten involved in, find it absolutely fascinating, the brands that you have built. Um, and you have a course called Amazon Mastery, but also where you and I um, are aligned is you also are the chairman of Accelerated Intelligence. And I love, love, love your work about really leaning in to the mindset that happens uh, to champion success, like this constant journey. Um, I can go on and on and on. I mean, just to do a proper introduction, he's done over 350 million in sales. He's been uh, 
the brilliance behind so many brands that you see on Amazon. I love my favorite little quote here that Randy brought me, the Willy Wonka of Generation X. That tickles me absolutely pink. But I also love what you've done in the brain space with the brain nutrition um, underneath Accelerated Intelligence. So first of all, thank you so much. I know you're on the West Coast, so thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to introduce you to the Breakfast with Champions um, community, which is uh, you know 100,000 strong, uh, founded by Mr. Glenn Lundy, who is awesome and amazing. Um, and Sarah, who basically is uh, just a queen bee, right? She uh, leans in all the time and makes the magic happen. So first of all, warm welcome and thank you for being here. Yeah, super psyched to be on. It's going to be fun. So tell me, let's just touch a minute because you have one of those stories of who you are today versus what that journey looked like when you started are literally on opposite sides. So tell me a little bit about you before this amazing, incredible journey. Um, you were started when, you know, you were young and I love the picture with your long hair and you were on a totally different journey. So do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, that's, uh, say again, I missed the last question. I was just leaning in going, can you take us back to your younger self? Yeah, totally. So we came to the United States as refugees. And it's funny that you mentioned Iranian or Persian because this was during the fall of the Shah, Iran-Contra. I did not speak a word of English. And I was like doing great in Iran, king of the heap, tons of friends. Everything was great. And then we came here and I was like, holy crap, like we're third class citizens and we're poor all of a sudden. My dad was working at a pizza shop and at a dry cleaners. And I know as a lot of kids did, the first thing we did was we changed our names to the closest English sounding name ever so that people would not think that we're like, like we would somehow be able to get away. So I changed my name from Shaheen to Sean, didn't work. And then what most people did in those days is people would go, oh, look at the little Iranian kids. So we'd be like, no, 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 we're not Iranian. We're Persian. And all of a sudden, that would kind of give us like a level of, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, okay, that's better. Persian's going to be better. So we came here as refugees to the United States. And my folks made one good financial decision, like the entire history of their lives, they made one good financial decision, and that was buying a house in an up-and-coming, soon-to-be gentrified neighborhood by sheer blind luck. And as I grew up in Los Angeles, I noticed all this wealth growing all around me. But we were still poor. We, we To get new clothes, we would have to wait for somebody to leave clothes behind at the dry cleaners, and that's how we got it. So we would wish that some like cool looking surfer dude would come in. Our clothes was always like two or three sizes too big or two or three sizes too small because it would be clothes that were left behind. We wouldn't eat out at restaurants. So we were living a very, very humble life in a neighborhood that was rapidly becoming gentrified. It was Reaganomics, trickle down economics, real estate values going up. And I realized dude, I want a piece of this. I want to be successful too. So by the time I was 15, I went to my folks and I said, hey, how do I get a piece of this? How can, how can I be rich? I want the, the fancy car and the, the beautiful girls and all that, all that stuff that comes with it, the lifestyle. And my folks, being a typical immigrant family, looked at me and said, you know, they looked at each other. They kind of smiled a little. I think they were thinking, yeah, you know, and they said, easy, we, we can answer that. Become a doctor. 
you become a doctor and doctor is the best. That, that, that was the level, like the pinnacle of success for any immigrant family in those days, probably now too. And so I went across the street to some dude who was a doctor and I looked at him and the guy was just miserable. He was overweight, the whole family was overweight, miserable. He had no control over his time. He had no freedom. He was owned, the house was owned by the bank, the cars were owned by the bank. Every part of this man's life, his time was owned by other people. So I bailed, I left home at 15. I cut ties with all my family. I didn't really have very many friends. And I went out into the uh, wild, wild world. I slept in abandoned buildings in the backseat of an of a old Lincoln Continental, anywhere, anywhere I could. I, I managed to eat and uh, shower at the community college, which um, you know had free food always. And I got myself a mentor, a really cool dude. He turned out to be a guy who was very active in the civil rights movements in the 1960s. And this guy mentored me. He was also active in the electronic music scene. And through that, I developed a supplement, which was the first recreational use supplement ever. I, the ecstasy, MDMA, was, was proliferating at the time. But the supply of it had completely dried up. And so there was this huge market, but no supply. And this demand, like, going crazy, like tens of thousands of people going to these raves. So I decided, hey... I'm going to create a legal version of ecstasy, and I did it, and I remember I was sleeping like on the beach six months before. Six months after, I had a collection of exotic cars. We had multiple factories set up, and the news broke one day that my company had broke a billion dollars in revenue, uh, well-documented. This was uh, mid to early 90s, and I was still a teenager. And I remembered the craziest part about that was I was like, holy, can, can you curse on Clubhouse, by the way? I'm, I'm really trying hard yeah, not to curse. No, not on Glenn's show. So we, 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 okay. we, 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 we'd keep it family friendly because we've got a lot of the people here who've got their kids listening in the morning, too. So um, gotcha. that, uh, me, too. I catch myself. I'm a child. <laughs> I catch myself all the time. And I go, OK, thank you, Glenn. You're cleaning up my language here. Um, no, that's great. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, I just yeah, I know Glenn's making us better people. Um, I just so I'm giggling over here um, because I'm also an immigrant came here at 11. I was emancipated at 15. I had a break away from the limited immigrant thinking of my family. Well, plus a lot of other stuff, right, to really because they just said the same thing. The only way I was going to get anywhere is if I was a doctor, lawyer, MBA. And I was like, well, nothing about that is interesting to me. Nothing about your statement is interesting to me. And so that same type of mindset at 15, which for like a regular American seems absurd, right, to go out on my own to go, okay, there's got to be another way, but I got to find it. What I love about your story is that you had an internal instinct to look at your future self, to look at that doctor and go, oh, that doesn't look happy. <laughs> and then followed that thinking of, I'm going to find a mentor. Do you know how that happened? Like, where was the information bank that said, I need to get somebody who is successful and have them lean into me? And did you, how did you ask that question? Did you randomly just go up and go, hey, I really want some help? Because you were so young. Young people usually don't ask for help in that type of clarity. So what was going on? Yeah, so that, that's a really good question. And I think ultimately, I, and I talk about this a lot, I think it comes down to grit. Look, I got my butt handed to me every day. 
I thought the normal thing was to get a buck kicking at school. I thought that's what happened at school. You go in, you get a buck kicking, you, you got some education, and then it's lunchtime and you get more buck kicking. That just, that was the normal course of events. And one of the things, one of the qualities that I remember I had as a kid was I was like, you know, F this, I'm not going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep getting up. And somehow there was some part of me that knew that all those butt kickings led to a building of a thick skin. I look now like I've got an eight-year-old. And he goes to school and it is so sanitized and they have anti-bullying classes and everything is like, everybody is treated like a snowflake. Everybody is fragile and special. It was not like that when I was coming up in the 1980s. And I actually think to some extent it was a good thing. I don't look back and go, oh man, you know, that was, it was terrible. I look back and think that built the character of who I am that created thick skin it created resilience and by the time i was 15 i mean there was very little that anybody could do that could affect my mental state and i think for me especially and i don't know if it was the same for you but for me it really was a, a factor of you know that old adage that they say. hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Say when, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I had no idea that, that I needed a mentor, that, you know, but what I did know was that I didn't know. I knew what that that there were things that I did not know and understand. And this guy that showed up, who was kind of this mysterious character, he was like this urban shaman. He was a activist. He was a fighter for civil rights. This was a guy who had gone all the way. He had taken the, the before way before Black Lives Matters was even a thing. This was a African-American gentleman who had taken the police departments of several cities to the Supreme Court by himself, by himself, no legal education, none of that stuff. And he was uh, one of the most dynamic, impactful people I've ever met. And I think when, when you're ready to be receptive to that type of relationship and that person somehow shows up you're in what Chicksett Mihai talks about in his book, Flow. You're in the synchronistic flow state. And my whole life has been revolving around finding what that state feels like and then mastering the moments of being in that state. We can't be in that state all the time, but what we can do is start to identify when we're in that state. And magical things happen when you're in the flow state. I'm sure you've experienced that. Oh, listen, I love that. Stephen Coulter is one of my friends, too. I had him on as well, who also talks in Masters about the flow state. And I will tell you, boy, do I struggle. <laughs> I mean, I just, I am, I am such a uh, driver of my personality. And what I have learned along the way is that energy of trying to push square peg into the round hole. I always say just because you can doesn't mean you should, uh, because that is the theme of my life. And I've really had to 
pull back the reins to realize a lot of times I'm my own worst enemy. I can make almost anything successful. That doesn't mean that it's anywhere near a state of flow. And Stephen always is like slapping my hands going, Amelia, you're pushing again. Just take a beat, right? You know, Barbara Majeski says it all the time, take a beat. And I'm like, oh, God, this waiting thing is driving me crazy. Um, but there is something about it that when you can get into that state of flow, it's a very euphoric feeling that you are in your lane. And so clearly, um, this is where I just give so much respect. You've mastered this far earlier in life than I do. I still struggle with getting into that state. I, I so appreciate it when I do. Um, uh, I've been able to accomplish so much when I'm in it, but I will tell you that I don't naturally gravitate to it on my own. Yeah, that's, I think it's, I think normal for most people. And that's why it's interesting. You know, now I, I teach people how to start Amazon businesses and, and create those kinds of things. And the first thing I tell people is people, people always overcomplicate. So I teach people how to find products, how to get reviews, how to build these Amazon businesses so they can create predictable recurring revenue. That's the whole thing. I'm like, you need to have multiple things that you're doing, multiple sources of revenue. And the first thing I teach people is, look, you need to go after the low-hanging fruit. People have really grandiose ideas. Oh my God, I'm gonna go into this category. I Shane, you taught me how to spy the sales of the competitors. This guy's doing a million dollars a month on Amazon. You're doing a million dollars a month on that product. I wanna come up with one too. And I say, no, find, an, an, find a niche. Let's go deeper into that niche. Let's find a vulnerability where the market is vulnerable. And then I want you to dominate that very small market. Yeah, but I'm only gonna make an extra 10 grand a month if I do that. Yeah, but you know what? You're closing the feedback loop. It's all about the feedback loop. If we put energy out into the world and we put more and more energy out and we don't get feedback, we will eventually lose interest. But if we put a little bit of energy out and get a little bit of feedback, a little spark, a little ember, that's huge for us. The result might not be huge in the short term, but the fact that we're closing that loop, it's, it's an evolutionary thing. That's how we know where to invest our time. From the dawn of time, we've had 24 hours. It's never changed. So we had to allocate that time. What are we going to do? Are we going to hunt? Are we going to gather? Which animals are we going to go after? Which fruits and plants are we going to pick? Whatever that thing is. So now our, our, bodies have evolved, our brains have evolved, and we're at a place, I believe, where we have to every day go after those little wins to close that feedback loop and then scale. And I think you touched on something really brilliant, and I'm going to keep saying that because I love how your mind works. And just a side note, your stage presence is just perfection. You have such a uh, strong but calming energy on stage. You really, really have uh, a, a connection with the audience that is really, really, you have mastered that craft. I just wanted to really kind of share that compliment with you. But I want to go back to what you're saying, because again, as um, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time doing strategic work, strategic advisory work um, in crisis management. And you just said something, and I think which, what is very valuable is that people get so excited for the big deal, right? The BBD, the bigger, better deal that they miss the low hanging fruit. And you have a knack of being able to identify a ripe 
market, especially in this Amazon space. Can you speak a little bit about that, about how to see the low hanging fruit that is around an individual? Because I definitely know that that's an interesting thing, uh, especially here um, in this room, because people are always looking for what is that additional stream of income? What is that additional stream of opportunity? And we talk about you know being able to really think big, which yes, you have to think big, but you've got to be able to see what's right in front of your feet. Can you touch on that for a yeah, totally. Thank you so much for for mentioning that. So, um, I'll 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 preface it with this. So, just just to end that little story. So, now I'm still in my teens, and I am, uh, I've got a collection of exotic cars. I'm sitting in a in a in one of the favorite cars I ever wanted was this Lamborghini. I remember I would sleep two hours a day because there was so much to do and it was all super exciting. And I had like a high school education at best. I, I dropped out in ninth grade and I had fallen asleep drooling on the passenger seat of my Lamborghini, not a good look, gotten out of it, stepped into my office and the news broke that we had broken a billion dollars in revenue. This is pre-internet, pre-social media, pre-iPhones, pre-any of that stuff. And I remembered having a panic attack thinking to myself, holy, you know what? Like, I didn't know how much a billion dollars was, literally. Is it 50 million? Is it 100 million? And then the second thought that came to mind for me was, dude, I, I think I'm going to have to hire an accountant now. I think I actually have to hire an accountant. And a, and a very good lesson for anybody listening to this that I learned on that day is that when you're interviewing accountants, accountants are not the guys that count the cash in duffel bags that are piled up in the basement of your office. So it just, just that's a good thing to keep in mind. But that was those days that were crazy. I made a mistake in those days, and I'll tell you what it was. And that was that I innovated. I believe now that innovation is the kiss of death and should be left to big companies with endless budgets. What I did was, and I got lucky, and this this could happen when you innovate, is that there was, there was a built-in market demand for what I was doing. Back in those days, I would create a product and then go out there and find a market for it. Now I do the opposite. We look at the market. We look at the demand in the marketplace for a specific category, then we narrow it down to a specific niche, and then we look for vulnerabilities. We look for where the competition is weak. Are their reviews weak? Is the story they're telling weak? Is their product weak? Do they have a lot of bad reviews? Do they have a lot of uh, uh, complaints about a certain aspect of their product or business? And then we go in and we dominate that niche. And then we grow vertically. We build verticals in that industry and category, and we just kill it. We're one of the, the biggest sellers now in a category called matcha. It's a category that we built on Amazon. We're the largest seller of matcha green tea in the world. And that company is now an eight-figure company. It's getting ready to be sold to one of these uh, Wall Street aggregators or to strategic but we built out that niche. There was no matcha tea on Amazon until we researched it, studied it, and brought it on there. So the, the trick is, and I, I teach this, by the way, in the course. Anybody who's listening to this, if you guys reach out to me, I'll give you the course for free. I've got a, a one-hour course. It's normally 200 bucks. I'll give it to anybody listening. Just use the code CLUBHOUSE. And I'll give you the one-hour course for free. If you guys want to reach out to me, we'll share the, the email at some stage during the call. But that that's how it is and the rest of it now is just systematic we follow algorithms we follow a system 
and we go after low-hanging fruit. Wow, that's I love that. I love that because it is in the simplicity, right? It's always the simplest thing that seems like, you know, just Captain Obvious, and we just, we miss it. We miss it all the time. Um, tell me a little bit about, because again, out of all the businesses that I've done, um, this Amazon world is something that I have never, ever dabbled in, right? I, people have brought it to me a million one of times. I don't really get it. Um, and you are just literally the king of that space. I mean, I can't even get over, um, you know, bigger than a lot of those brands out of there. I mean, you have mastered this craft. What made it interesting to you? Like, did it find you? Did you find it? Like, why, why here? Like, why? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an old dog, right? So I did, I've done a lot of stuff in big box and kind of all that stuff. But it's interesting to me, the Amazon space, but yet I shy away from it because I don't really understand it. So what was the attraction? Sure, that's totally understandable. So look, after, after herbal ecstasy, I went on to inventing vaporization. We don't have to talk about that, but all the forerunners to what you now see as vapes, all that technology I patented, wrote the book about it. That company went public in 06, and I was looking for the next thing to do. Uh, funny enough, uh, this guy, uh, Bradley Cooper, the actor, was at my house in Venice, and I was having a conversation with him, and then he later went on to make that film Limitless. Did you ever see that film? Yeah, and I know, I know Bradley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. So it was a, it was an awesome film. And I thought, man, I want that pill. I want that limitless pill, but there was nothing like it out there. So I went on to uh, come up with a product called Accelerol. I decided to get into the nootropic space, the brain space. And it was expensive at that time to produce because yeah, making a supplement. Before, like you're way ahead of the curve. Like you're way, way, like when you when you started to do that, that wasn't a conversation yet. Now you know brain health and all of that is a conversation. But you're like a whole decade ahead of it. So what were you looking at? What what data were you looking at to go? Okay, this is a lane that I can own. Yeah, in in that moment, I was looking at my own brain, thinking, man, I need to, I need to get on top of my game. We, we had we had our son. I was I wasn't sleeping much. Uh, when when our baby was born, and I thought, man, like I I really need to step up my game if I want to continue uh, to be successful. So we came up with that stuff, and this was back in the day, in the early early days of Amazon. And this this little like nerdy looking guy, Jeff Bezos, you could get a hold of him. You could email him, Jeff at Amazon dot com. He would respond. You could make a call after you know maybe two or three phone calls to assistance. He you get through to him. And so we heard through the grapevine that Jeff was opening up the platform to third-party sellers, whereas before you could only sell books and DVDs and things like that. You were now able to sell anything. I thought, hey, what about a supplement? And I looked on there. There were no supplements on there. And I thought, all right, let me, let me try this. So back in those days, it was really easy. It took 15 minutes to start an account, list a product. There was no controls. It was the Wild West. So I listed Accelerol. It was $120 a month for a supply. It's like 30 or 40 bucks now, but back then it was like 120 bucks. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning, thousands of orders, thousands. I did literally nothing. I just listed it at 120 bucks, hundreds of thousands of dollars in my inbox from Amazon. And I thought, man, let me, let me look at this. And so as I dug deeper into 
the whole Amazon ecosystem, I began to realize, and, and as I started to learn more about this guy, that this was not just some little nerd. This is one of the smartest guys in the room. Jeff Bezos was building an e-commerce disruptor, the same way the Piggly Wiggly disrupted normal commerce where the guy came out, you know, back in the back in the olden days, you'd have to walk into a store, they'd only have one brand, the dude would put it in a bag, the price was what it was, and you would walk out. This Piggly Wiggly guy came out and said, hey, you know what, we're going to build these things called aisles. And then we're going to have more than one brand. And we're going to let people come in with these things. And they said, what the heck are those things? Said, those are carts. People can go in with carts, and they can pick out what they want and check out themselves. You know, or, or you know, some a, a register would check them out, and it disrupted commerce forever. To this day, we are feeling the effects of that innovation. And that's who I realized Jeff Bezos was. And by opening up the platform to third-party sellers, meaning me, you, anybody on this call, could now open up an Amazon company for cheap or free and then create a product and sell it on there. That was amazing. But what the biggest shift was, the biggest change was that now the big brands, the four, like now I've got an agency too. We represent Fortune 50s, Fortune 500s. Everybody wants like to have the Amazon expert on their thing. So they hire us to do that. But back in the day, and, and even now, the thing that we started to realize is that these disruption marketing brands, these mega brands, these, these huge multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies could no longer compete with me and you because Amazon had made it so the playing field had changed. The way that you tell a story to convert a buyer on Amazon is very different than what Seth Godin calls the old disruption modeling, the, the disruption marketing model that was there before. So now we're getting hundreds, thousands of calls from, from mega big companies, publicly traded companies saying, hey, you, you guys are doing great on Amazon. Can you show us how to do it? Our soap brand is being crushed by some, some guy out of uh, the suburbs of Los Angeles who's who's making it in China and he's crushing our multi-billion dollar soap brand on Amazon. And the and so I spent a lot of time since 2009, 2010 learning how to tell the story on Amazon, how to convert buyers on Amazon. And once you learn that and it's a system, it's an algorithm, anybody can learn it. You can very easily create a business that's creating six figures, seven figures, eight figures, and run it like a lifestyle business. And I think that's one of the most amazing things. More wealth has been created in e-commerce from Jeff Bezos and his company than I think anything else in the last 20 years. Yeah. And I think that that's something that absolutely gets overlooked, right? When you have uh, a reputation of being a disruptor, uh, disruptor, you know, you have as many fans as you have, uh, a, a, you know, not so, not so much. And and I think people forget that that Amazon platform allowed so many people to lean into entrepreneurship that really were not born entrepreneurs, right? They really were, you know, stuck in corporate America, had an opportunity to become small business owners with less risk in that that arena, and it it, it really a game changer. And I know that you've leaned in you know, to really grab younger people to 
open up this opportunity, right? So that you gave them another choice other than the traditional go get your degree, go intern somewhere, blah, 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 right? And so I love how your brand, your voice has impacted um, not just Generation X, but the generation right behind them. Um, and I, I don't know if that was intentional or not intentional because you started your journey so young. Maybe that's why you have such a connection with that younger audience. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I, I look at the younger generation today and it feels to me like they're much younger than we were in the 80s coming up. So I think it's it's interesting to see what they're going through and what they're going to need to do to build that same resilience, to build that same grit, to have those experiences of adversity that they can overcome and reach those levels of success. Because without overcoming some level of adversity, without having some struggle, whatever it may be, it's very difficult to become resilient. Well, and that's my area of expertise. You know, as a behaviorist um, with our company, Genius Key, it's about reaching to put back in the life skills that have been removed that are needed um, in today's world, right? We took away the, what's called, you know, uh, uh, life of passage, right? The passages that you normally would have learned in our society that we've completely destroyed. And now we've got a younger generation that is really struggling with who am I? What am I here? How do I fit? Where do I belong? You know, how do I get into my lane, right? And so we help people master their genius key, what allows them to elevate that genius and what sucks the energy dry, right? So we spend our time in the behavior space of strain and recovery. What causes your genius to strain and then how quickly can it recover? And resilience is a huge, huge, huge part of that. And I think that's why I was really interested in your accelerated intelligence, right? Um, because you went into that space as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you gotta, you got to do what you can do, right? <laughs> well, and everybody asked the question. I mean, you know, what when you when you have um, repeated success, you get on people's radar because the question is how. How did you do X, Y, and Z? And people are trying to transfer that knowledge into themselves. But there are big gaps right now in the younger generation because those life skills have been removed, and then we just threw them out there. Um, and they're floundering, right? And that's causing all kinds of fall down, get up, fall down, get up. A different type of fall down, get up than we had in our generation. Listen, everybody, if you're on this journey, you're going to fall down. You're going to have to bounce and get back up. I don't care what generation you're in. Fall down, get up is part of the success formula. Um, but we've also done some things in our communities that's making it even more difficult. And I think that, you know, the work that you're doing to be able to transfer your knowledge to other people that go, listen, there's got to be another way. It probably looks different than what they've been told, but there is another pathway to quote, quote, your definition of success. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's several pathways. But the fundamentals, of course, stay the same. And it's, it's, there's a great book um, from the guy who wrote The 80-20 Principle. Have you heard of this guy, Richard Koch? 
Yes. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. He's amazing. He wrote this, his, his new book is called Unreasonable Success and How to Achieve It. And I recommend everybody check that out. But he talks about a transformative experience, about having these transformative experiences that lead us to become who we are as successful individuals. And I think it's, it's that. But at the same time, there's an element uh, that that also goes along with what we were talking about before of of flow and synchronicity, and that's that of being a self-reflective person, of looking back and saying, you know what, I, I'm a jerk, man, and I, I got to improve some area of my life, and that involves having people around you that will tell it to you like it is, people that aren't afraid to be politically correct, people that aren't afraid to hurt your fragile feelings, people who are not shy about really laying into you and letting you know where you're weak because that's the only way you're going to get better. And I feel like if more people, especially young people, had that and they had this element of of truth in their lives, but also an element of self-reflection, taking a moment of pause away from TikTok and Instagram and all the noise of the shiny things and the disruption economy that we're exposed to, and to just take a moment and look back and say, where have I been? What am I doing? Where am I going? And what kind of human am I? That could make such a profound impact where they can go out and go, you know what? I'm now going to have a a transformational experience. Maybe instead of going to Hawaii for a vacation, I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to go to Laos. I'm going to have an experience of adventure that's going to transform me. Or I'm going to go do something. I'm going to start a business that involves risk. I'm going to do something that involves danger. And yeah, I might fail. I might fail terribly. But on the other end of that spectrum, maybe I won't fail. And if I don't, then that's where the key comes in. That's where you have the opportunity to succeed. I love that. And so um, I just did this with um, part of my inner circle is I just redesigned the five people around my key champions, right? Because I totally believe you become the people you surround yourself with. Um, tell me about the people that you intentionally surround yourself with, because you haven't just been successful and then stopped. You continue to knock it out of the park. So there's definitely something that you're doing in your personal development, your continual um, quest of self. Tell me about your five. Yeah, so th- this is this is the funny thing about, you know, once you become a millionaire and you, you achieve kind of that and then you become a deca millionaire and you you make all this money. You think, man, like my life's pretty good. And you like you look around, you're like, man, I've got the cars, I got the houses, I got the boats, I go on the plane, all that stuff. And then you get invited to someone's house. And then you walk into this guy's house, and this guy's house dwarfs your house. You look at his cars and his cars dwarf your cars. And you start to think to yourself, man, like that's the next level. But then I started to think, like, man. That guy probably goes to another guy's house and has that exact same feeling. And the, the reason why I'm saying this is it's funny because being somebody who is driven and, and aspirational and always looking ahead, we, we sometimes feel like there is this destination. But 
the successful people who I know who are like millionaires, multimillionaires, I know a few guys that are billionaires, they go much more for the journey, towards the journey, towards the experience than they do the destination. That's the difference. And for me, I have people in my life now who I feel are mentors. Maybe they don't know that they're mentoring me, but they are. And then I have people who I mentor, who I feel that they listen to what I'm explaining to them, and I feel that I can make an impact on them. Oftentimes, people will come to me and they'll be like, hey, coach me, mentor me on this, and I'll do it. And if I feel like they're not making progress, then I stop because they probably will be better served somewhere else or some other way, or maybe they're, they're just not cut out for what they think they're cut out for. So it has to be a feedback loop both ways. If I'm coaching somebody, if I'm mentoring somebody, I have to make sure that that person is gaining benefit from what I'm doing for my own selfish purposes. I need to see an impact on them. And on the other end, if I'm if I have people surrounding me who I feel are going to be bringing me up at one level or another, then I need to make sure that those people are making an impact on me. Now, I don't only surround myself with people that have money. There's people who I consider mentors who are near broke. And the reason for that is there are certain areas that I feel that we need to develop and that I need to develop as a human being that have nothing to do with making money. And I know that sounds crazy and strange for somebody who spent his whole life making money, but there, there are, there's a certain depth that I feel that you can reach by having a range, like a variety of people. So I've got some people around me that are millionaires and billionaires. I've got a guy who's coaching me now on bigger real estate deals, which is something I've, I've always been interested in, in getting involved in, but never spent the time. Most of the real estate deals I've done have been onesie twosies here and there. So I'm I'm very interested in how that works. But then I've, I've got uh, another one of my mentors who I love dearly, who's a, a former school teacher, but he has such a wide range of insights that I really feel I grow most from the time I spend with him than with the guys that have millions and billions of dollars. I couldn't agree more. I mean, money is just one measurable tool. I just always tell people it's a resource, just like everything else. It's just a resource. How you use your resources dictates how far you'll go and how much you will sustain. Um, and I intentionally do the same thing. I've got very um, interesting geniuses around me and I don't measure them just on money because a lot of people are extremely wealthy in their own right, in their own area, and all of it is valuable. Um, I want to lean in here for a second, and Sean and Randy, I know that um, you guys were excited uh, to jump in here today because I just think that the everything, uh, there's so much to talk about. So, Sean, Randy, you want to hop in? Yeah, this is awesome, man. Um, I, your story is unbelievable, and what I love about this whole hour is just you bring this visual in the way that you speak where you see things like I saw you in the Lamborghini slobbering and getting up. <laughs> There's certain things that you bring that are extremely incredible. And I love the fact that you talk about vulnerability. Um, I always say vulnerability is a new currency. And I think when you start to look at the different things that you've experienced, um, um, especially, you know, not, not saying your name was Sean. You went back to what you knew was, was the real 
part of your your heritage and, and, and where you come from. But, you know, I think there's so many people that don't realize that, you know, curiosity uh, will always trump talent. And I think, you know, your special gift is your curiosity of the next thing. Um, my question to you was be, you know, as you talk about these cars and houses, what were your what was your biggest motivation? Was it was it the things that motivated you? Um, was it the things that were not a part of being an immigrant in California where everyone was tied to education and, and doctors and lawyers? Um, what motivated you to get into this space? But more importantly, were, were the things that motivated you, like the cars and the houses, um, was that something that you said, okay, I got all that, what's next? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, and it's, it's an interesting story. And thank you so much for those compliments. So there was a time where I was employing everybody in Venice Beach. Like if you could fog up a mirror, I would hire you just because we had that much volume of, of sales. And I was making my product for 25 cents and I was selling it for $20, hundreds of millions of dollars coming through the door every day. And, um, and, and by the way, for anybody who's interested, my book is out now on Amazon. We just did the audiobook. The audiobook just dropped on Audible. It's called Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. So if you guys want to check it out, do that. But I remember having this moment of like non-materialism, funny enough, like having all the cars and the houses and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? Everybody's gotten too damn lazy. Everybody's gotten too lazy in my office. Everybody's just said, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get rid of all the furniture and everybody's going to just sit on the floors. We're going to get some comfy pillows. Everyone's going to sit on the floors. So I got, I had, I had, uh, uh, the goodwill and like the boys and girls club come pick up all the brand new furniture from our office, 200 employees, everybody on the floor, all the, uh, computers were on the floor. It was early days of computers. All the phones were on the floor and everybody had to sit on the floor. And then when they got tired, they, they stood up a little bit and shook it out. Everybody hated me, but, it shook things up a little bit, which was good, which was what we needed in those days. And I remember I had the whole top floor of this building was my personal office. And I would sit cross-legged. I thought it was brilliant. I, I didn't realize that there was a storm brewing back in the office of everybody cursing me three ways to Sunday about uh, taking away their furniture. And I remembered I had a dog because like it was the only uh, creature that I could trust in those days, being a teenager who'd made all these millions, not knowing who was after me for my money. And I remembered the dog knocking down a pile of papers. And there was all kinds of stuff. There was like stacks of cash. There was all kinds of stuff. And I looked on the floor and in this pile was a check for a million dollars. This was a million dollar check for a product that somebody had received that I had never cashed. That's how crazy those days were. And I realized I really did not give a flying F about the money. And I just took the check, I put it back in the pile, and I went back to doing my day. And that led me to that moment, that instant where I, I thought to myself, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I realized in that moment, that it was the impact that I was making, the effect of being able to walk to any store, 
within 10 feet and see my product on the shelves and see somebody walk in, pick up that product and have a smile on their face from that experience that I engineered, that that's why I was doing this. And that's the thing that's motivated me since then, since the 1990s to now, is this ability to make an impact. And that's hopefully what I'm doing now, because I'm not doing what I'm doing for the money when I'm inspiring people to start these Amazon businesses. I feel like today, right now, right here, we are still at day one, as Jeff Bezos says. It is ground floor at Amazon. And there are going to be more millionaires, more billionaires created by this disruptive technology of how we buy things. And and guys, I'm going to give you guys my email. If you guys email me, I will give you my one-hour course free, no credit card. It's no obligation. You'll never hear from us if you don't want to. But if I can inspire you to start an Amazon business today, be it your side hustle, be it a, a supplemental income, anything that you can do to create recurring revenue, my email is darkzess at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. The website is fbasellercourse.com, of course, for uh, Fulfillment by Amazon, just so you know, Fulfillment by Amazon, sellercourse.com. I love it. And I just I just ordered your book because uh, I cannot wait to dive in. This is just an area that I am so curious about. And um, I just I just so appreciate that you have paved the way for so many. Um, uh, for those people that are on stage, if anybody would like to chime in with a question, I would love to um, open up the space. Well, I've got I, I'm sitting here. This is Randy. I have so many notes. I have so many places I can go, Shaheen. Um, I'm fascinated by this. I think Sean asked part of my question. I'm always fascinated by what your internal thought process is like, and I'm really fascinated by who you were at 16. Is there an element? Does that 16-year-old lost on the beach live inside you still? Yeah, that's such a good question. It's funny. When I left home, I had a backpack. And that backpack had everything I owned inside that backpack. And then I remember when I finally made it, I was successful. I had a million dollars in the bank, a million dollars. I thought it was so much money. And I didn't, I hadn't bought anything. I had an apartment. I got myself an apartment. I didn't have a stick of furniture. I would, I would date girls and they would think like, is this where you're going to kill me? Because uh, you don't have a stick of furniture in here. This is an empty house. I didn't spend any money, even up until the point I made a million bucks. And I remember the first thing I bought is I went to a shoe store and I bought a pair of shoes at retail, brand new pair of shoes. And I, I, I didn't wear them. I took the shoelaces and I, I tied them to that bag. And for years, I had that backpack under my desk, and it just reminded me because I, I I had thought to myself in those days, man, if everything goes goes to you know what, then at least I'll have a pair of shoes and I can go like wherever I want to like with a new pair of shoes like have that I'll have that at least. That was my mentality, but I had that backpack under my desk for years and years, and I remember reporters would come in to do interviews. I'd be meeting with big bankers and all kinds of things, and there'd be this like scruffy backpack under my desk to remind me that I came from nothing and that I could always go back to that, and that was one of the most formative periods of my life because I knew that in the back of my mind that you can never kill that kid. You can never kill that that ability to 
transverse adversity and come out on top. And the feeling that that brings is something that nobody could take away. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, anybody else that's here on stage that would like to chime in this? Yes, this is Linda Johnson. Good morning, um, Grand Rising, everyone. I just want to say to uh, to Shaheen, uh, Cheyenne, that I really um, enjoyed listening to you. And I also just purchased your book and I'm looking forward to um, to reading it. And I wish you continued success. And once again, I just wanted to kind of just let you know that I really enjoyed your story and God bless you. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Alexander. Yeah. So first and foremost, thank you, Amelia and team for bringing this awesome segment. Thank you, Shaheen, for bringing yourself and authentically bringing yourself. And so my question is this. So you've, uh, you've, you've made it, right? You, you've achieved incredible things at, from an early age. I mean, you said you were still a teenager when that, that uh, the herbal ecstasy hit a billion. So like unbelievable. What's next? It sounds like you're now trying to impart your wisdom onto the next generation, but what's the next big thing for Shaheen? What has you excited now? What are the voids that you see that you're going to be filling? My man, thank you for bringing the energy. I like that. I appreciate it. So we just got a film deal for the book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, and at this point in my life, you know, I'm, I'm focused on a few different sectors. First and foremost is my family, family first always. So I've got a, a beautiful eight-year-old boy and very excited about raising him and, and watching him grow into the man that he's going to be. So that's super exciting. And in addition to that, I'm focused on Amazon. I think, you know, I, I do what I preach. And I make most of my money these days and new money coming in comes from Amazon and it comes from creating cool products, putting them out there, creating these Amazon companies and selling them. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but there has been over $16 billion pumped in from Wall Street to the Silicon Valley firms that are now buying Amazon companies. So if you had you know, heard me two years ago and started an Amazon company, you might be sitting on a seven-figure, eight-figure payday now because Amazon companies are worth more than gold. Literally, they're selling for more than top-tier real estate. So it's a super exciting thing to be in. So my focus now is helping as many people as possible to start these Amazon businesses and to grow them um, and to tell my story and to inspire people. So guys, again, if you guys are just tuning in or, or just checking it out, email me. I'll send you the one-hour course for free. It's D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. I'll answer all emails personally. If there's any way I can support you on your journey to success, please feel free to reach out. Well, brother, first and foremost, I already emailed you. I got your book. I have to tell you, it's Alexander again, the cover what? It's life. It's giving me life. I'm like even more excited to read it. Your energy is just incredible. I think what Amelia said is so correct. You have a way of just like tapping into our souls. I think that you just speak so powerfully. I'm excited to follow you and emulate the behaviors that have allowed you to obtain the success and also emulate the behaviors that allows you to continue that success in the lives of others. Much love. I'm excited for your email back and I can't wait to connect. Boom. There it is. I appreciate that, man. Thank you have, so much. I think we have time for one more. I saw Gina with the keys. Gina, Gina keys, you want to jump in? And, and then I'll 
Oh, it's Norma. Can I, I chime thank in? Thank you so much. I just wanted to oh, ask sorry. a quick question. I did have some experiences with Amazon, so I wanted to ask you, what are the real advantages uh, for a small business owner to connect with Amazon? Because one of the, the most brilliant innovations I feel Jeff made at Amazon is packaging. And so whenever you know a small business is uh, connected to Amazon, by the time that, that package gets to the consumer, it's considered an Amazon product. So how, how does a small business survive and get their brand out there? being connected to Amazon? Yeah, so it depends on what you're doing. Amazon's not going to be right for everybody. But my suggestion is to look at people that are succeeding on Amazon and then emulate their success. People get so worried, you know, about things like you're, you're and, and rightfully so, people get concerned, hey, man, it's markets oversaturated. There's too many people. You know, Amazon's been going for a lot of years. There's no room for me. And it's not true. The fact is that if you have the right skill sets, if you cultivate the most important element of influence, and that's storytelling, but you learn how to tell that story about your small business on a medium like Amazon, you now have access to the largest pool of buyers in the world. And the greatest innovation, and, and remember, I still believe innovation is the kiss of death. The greatest innovation that Bezos made to e-commerce is the fact that he made buying easy. It's frictionless. You can, you can place an order on Amazon and with a click, and that product, a nice man in a, in a blue vest drops it off at your door the same day maybe two days later. And the fact is, if you don't like it, you just send it back. There's no risk. He, he de-risked the, the terrible, the, the difficult, the risky experience of purchasing online. So how do you benefit from that? Well, we would look at how you could find a niche, and there are hundreds, thousands of niches on Amazon that are being underserved, where the people that are selling products, I'm sure you've been on Amazon, where you're like, man, I gotta buy this or that thing, and you look at it and you're like, that's not even in English. There's a listing for this thing, and it's not even in English. Does it come with a power supply? Does this thing have a battery? Does it, like, the, the simplest things, the simplest changes to these products can uh, to how they tell the story can can make all the difference. And I, I'm a big student of uh, Caldini. I don't know if you've ever read his book. He's got a book called Influence and a follow-up book called Persuasion, where he talks about these five, now six, common elements of influence. Things that influence anybody across any uh, line of, of business. And on Amazon, that's what we've done. We've incorporated these elements of influence, this element of authority. Right? The majority of products don't have an authority figure. If you're selling a supplement, how different would you be if you had the leading uh, whatever doctor vouching for your stuff? Social proof. How do you get great reviews? Sincerity, like the, the gentleman was saying before you, like authenticity. Like, do you have corporate talk? Is your English barely legible, barely readable, barely understandable? Or do you talk to me like I'm your best friend, like your buddy? These are all things that you can craft 
into the story that you tell on Amazon. And now it gives you an opportunity, like a lot of the brands that we grow, to get in there and compete with big names, compete with these, these monster companies that are now lost in, uh, in this e-commerce world that they don't understand. But you can come in and you can dominate and you can create a business that either supplements your business or takes the place of your small business. And, you know, in two, three years time, you're no longer selling your hours. You're no longer waking up and having to go in and unlock the door and, and, and put in the grind because you've got an Amazon business that's run by virtual assistants. You, you do what we do. You spend a couple hours a day maybe and then utilize somebody else's time to create that recurring revenue. And that's what it's going to be all about in the next few years. Well, I just, first of all, I want to say thank you so much. This hour went by so quickly. I'm definitely going to find you on my next trip to California. I'm back and forth all the time between the East and the West Coast. Please. And so I'm going to stalk you um, to try to uh, buy you coffee or lunch or dinner or something. But I just think you're amazing and fascinating. Thank you so much for all the content. What is the email address one more time? And then I'm going to transfer it over to the amazing Mr. David. Meltzer. Yeah, totally. So, so the email you guys is darkzess at gmail.com. I'll spell it for you again. That's D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. That is just for this clubhouse. It's my private direct email. We also have a podcast. If you guys want to check out more content from us, it's called Hack and Grow Rich, anywhere where podcasts are found, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify. And the book is Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. Get it on Audible, Amazon, all those places. And I, I'm really honored and appreciative to be on. Thank you guys for bringing your amazing energy today. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And again, I'm going to follow up with you directly. Uh... Thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5am to 11am Eastern time, Monday through Friday, Saturday, six to noon and Sundays with our one eleven Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.